Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Hotline League in 2023. It is great to have you all back with us. Uh, this show, this episode, you know, it's uh, we're going to maybe try to keep it positive. I don't know. It's been tough. Uh, but is that possible? I don't. Yes. I don't know. It's I don't want to start the, fir- the new year with a not happy episode, but it's I also so fucked. everything's so it's fucked. Doomed. It's doomed. It's <laughs> it's rough. Uh, all right. Well, first off, I'm joined, of course, by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's going good. I watched a lot of stuff. I can't even remember how much stuff I've watched. Um, yep. Uh, what did you do during the holidays? Anything interesting? No, during I just break? watched stuff. I just watched a lot of stuff. So much stuff. Um, guess what? For people who don't know, the uh, season kickoff event is tomorrow. I'll be doing that with Kobe and Captain Flowers uh, starting at 11 a.m., PST, um, so you can check that out. I'm going to say this now because I know people are going to get confused, but the seasonal kickoff event is a fun best of three, and people are con- like wondering what the new LCS is going to look like. It's not the seasonal kickoff event. So whatever you see on that broadcast is not the actual look of the new LCS or anything like that. Oh, because they did, they did like an arena change. Well, they did an arena change, but that's, like, not us or anything. Like, I'm not talking about that. I just mean, like, it's a very fun, stupid, like, just for fun show. And it's not, like, the, I think people are going to assume that this is how the LCS is going to look, but it's not. Gotcha. When you say look, mm. do you mean feel? Because when you say look, I think visual presentation of the stage and the the area yeah, where you're broadcasting. I, mean, I do know how to speak English, actually. And uh, that is what I meant. Um, okay, so it's going to look, it's going to... Okay. Okay. I don't think this is like that big of a surprise, but like we're gonna be like in a chill setup, and it's really like chill and laid back, and like the casters, myself included, are just like sitting there on the stage. You know, like that's not how it's gonna look. Okay. Uh, when the actual LCS starts. Gotcha. You, I just feel like that's kind of interesting, considering that like there's so much drama. I feel like in the LCS off season about things that's happening, and then their first stream back is like a non-professional for fun stream. I feel like that kind of sends the wrong message. Is that just me? Hey, we're trying to be positive. Uh, Golden Golden, I haven't even introduced what? you yet, and you're already introducing negativity to you the show. You ruined the show, dude. What the fuck? Damn, <laughs> my bad. I'm a pretty positive like, guy. That was just, that was just, that wasn't necessarily positive and negative as, you know, it's opinions. I'm just You're saying. not the only one who might have had that thought. I'll say yeah. that. Okay. Anyway, like why I, I even I even led with this is to warn people not to think that that's the future of the LCS. Uh, yeah, people, that's why I might have mentioned it. it it's going to lean into the budget cuts thing too because I, whatever I, we'll get into it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> wait, Mark, one last thing. Did you anything? Can you share anything cool from the break? Anything the you watched? The stage looks fucking sick. Not work mean- related. I'm talking about like. This is the part of the show at the beginning where we normally riff on. Like, we're back from holiday break. Did you play anything? Did you see anything? Did you go anywhere? Did you eat anything? No, I don't think I ate anything, saw anything, or did anything for the whole break. Okay. Dude, I swear to God, Ashley and I, on between, like, the day of Christmas and, like, the day in Christmas Eve, we watched three movies or four movies in, like, 48 hours. Like, I, I don't remember everything we watched. We watched a lot of shit. Um, just this weekend, for example, we went to, to the theaters on Friday and Saturday. We watched uh, Megan, which I thought was pretty good. 
and was exactly what I thought it was, would kind of be. And then we watched Wakanda Forever. I just watched The Banshees of Inishirin. I really like that. That was a really good movie. Uh, I don't know. Like we're just we're just crush we're just constantly crushing content. All right. Well, uh, I'm here, and I will say I'm on chapter 54 of Secret Project One uh, from Brandon Sanderson. Mark wanted to do an audio book or a a book club, and uh, I'm almost done with the book. So thanks, dude. Whoops. Okay. I started. Uh, wait. Did you start? No. Okay. You never told me that we were doing this. I need to go back and look at the chat. Anyway, we're going to talk, introduce our guest for the week, Golden Glue. How's it going, Golden Glue? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm living. I'm living life. So what? Okay. So you made a post during the off season or during the holiday break, I think, um, talking about what you're up to. But maybe for those that missed it, you can uh, say what's up with you, so that we have a little bit of context for the folks in the chat who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, totally. So for some context for anyone who hasn't really following uh, my career, I you know retired from being a pro player, coached at 100 Thieves for two years, was academy head coach. That went pretty well. We won Proving Grounds and got some Ws. And uh, after two years of doing that, I decided I was going to take a break um, and just try to, um, I guess, like experience other things for a while. And I haven't really taken a break from competitive League of Legends in pretty much a decade. So it's a big thing for me, I guess. Nice. So are you just sort of like chilling right now, taking a a sabbatical? Like you're, it sounds like you're not doing any any work related stuff. You're just taking a break from work. I would say I'm doing some work related things. A lot of it's like exploring. Um, you know, obviously in this like time I have that I'm not coaching or playing the game, I'm thinking a lot about like. Do I want to go back to coaching? If I do, like, what will be the best role for me? Do I want to like look into something else? I also want to like explore, possibly being on the broadcast. You know, possibly I'll be more out with that. Um, so I, I would say that it's like a lot of work, but not a, not a lot of it is like I'm not getting paid to do anything. A lot of it is just like figuring out what I want to do and like seeing if there's any opportunities out there. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I envy you a little bit because there have been many times where I'm like, I wish I could take just a couple months and chill from esports because it can be a little constant. Um, even in between jobs, I've never really taken a, a switch. Like even when I switched from Yahoo to TGI or whatever, like, and I, so I, I envy you this opportunity because I think it's, it's pretty cool. But either way, we're great, great, glad to have you on the show. I reached out to you when I saw that and I was like, oh, maybe we'll have you on because it'll be good to, uh, to chat. Um, this show is sponsored by Alienware and Grubhub. Thank you to Alienware and Grubhub. We're going to be talking about them later on in the episode. But for now, what is there that has happened, uh, in recent time to talk about? Uh, so the, not Kick, much. The kickoff event tomorrow is happening. I don't know how much there is to talk about that, but for those that haven't heard yet, it's Boomers versus Zoomers, except there is a Zoomer on the Boomer team, I think, because Stixay couldn't join, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. – what is it? Boomers is solo contracts. Jensen – who's subbing in for Stixay again? Array. Array, say, say it. and then Core JJ and Zoomers is Revenge, Speaker, Jojo, Pyun, Berserker, Busio. 
I definitely feel like the Zoomers team makes more sense than the Boomers team, but I guess that's how hard it is to get some people to uh, to do. Well, there there was so if you if you didn't notice that there's one player from each team. Yes. Uh, there's no repeat, so that kind of like forced some I think choices where you're like, all right, contracts boomer i guess um i don't know yeah it's it's definitely a little weird but i'm excited for it it's fearless mode um but like a oh. more extreme version where it's any champion picked can't be repeated so your enemy your enemy team's champions as well um and it's best of three uh and there'll be players guessing on the broadcast um so that should be exciting i mean i think this is just gonna be really cool because i'm sure a lot of people tomorrow you know they'll be coming home from work done for the day and they'll turn on the, the stream and they'll be able to watch the show it'll just be a nice little end of the workday situation for them nice little entertainment stuff mm-hmm yep <laughs> what time is this happening again 11 a.m PST. oh okay okay so uh this will be uh you know the people who have the night shift they'll come home from work and before they go to sleep, they can put this on. Uh, anyway, um, so there's that. Then there is the Dash news. So Dash out at LCS, Mark made a rest a rip and pepperonis video, a tribute to a tribute to Dash, not dead. 1993 to 2022. We'll we'll never forget Dash. It's on my channel right now. If you want to go check it out, it's very touching. Mark's eulogy for him was just beautiful. Um, I'm sure we will talk about that. Um, Mark, is there anything exciting that we could lead on? Any good? You know, I I don't like it when the show is. Uh, I heard you went to a comedy show. Um, I did. I, I I did go to a comedy show. I saw Golden Glue there. It was pretty great. I went to Ben's Ben, who's a manager for Team Liquid, went to there. Um, I went more around like the LCS or topics. <laughs> um, no, I guess um, that's it. No, I mean, the, the stage looks sick. I tried to say that before, but I think uh, it does look really cool. And uh, clearly Riot's still spending some skrilla over there. Okay, so let's, let's I guess, okay, I, I say all this just to demonstrate like Riot, if you had given us some good stuff to talk about, the whole show would not have to become doom and gloom. But the only thing they've given us is doom and gloom. And then how much can we really spend talking about a show match between Zoomers and Boomers? Uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody will call in and say that they're really excited about it, which will be great. But uh, I think we should just talk about the things that people want to talk about, which I'm sure is going to be really rough. Uh, one question for you, though, Mark. There has been this kind of perpetuated thing that I've seen online I don't really know where it came from, uh, and where people are saying that there's pretty big LCS budget cuts. I don't know if you can say whether or not you feel like there has been pretty big LCS budget cuts, because I have not heard of any LCS budget cuts. Um, I mean, I don't know for sure, because there are a lot more like branches of the LCS than just like the broadcast team, even though that might be what you think of, but like features, for example, or uh, like community things or events, you know, uh, any of that stuff could 
have had budget cuts? I don't really know, to be honest, but like, I don't think that they have like significantly scaled back on anything that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think Dash was a budget cut because I don't think I, I expect that they will have, uh, I expect that they will have more talent come in. And st- I don't know. Maybe they'll be cheaper. Ta- I, it's just in the grand themes thing, grand scheme of things, folks, uh, one host is not the budget, so I don't know. Dash's yearly salary was just too much and was sinking the LCS alone. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I it's really tough. So I guess I well I guess I can say this. Uh, I I believe I can say this because it's basically confirmed. I am going to be interviewing. Where's Mark? Mark, are you coming back to I'm us? I'm coming back. My my thing my thing just cracked a little bit. You know so, how it is. On Wednesday, I'm going to be doing an interview. It'll probably come out Thursday if we can turn it around fast enough. With uh, League Esports Leadership or Riot Esports Leadership. Uh, so it'll probably be John Needham and Nas. And we have, I believe, about an hour to be talking about stuff. So I guess anticipate that. Uh, they reached out to me last week and said they wanted to try to make this happen. So we'll talk about all this. Uh, and tonight on the show, if you have something that you feel strongly about or something you want to have dived into, you know, now's a, a good night to call up, call in, bring up a topic. And if it feels like it makes sense, I will try to uh, bring it up in the interview. <sighs> Fireside uh, chat with Travis Gafford. Mark, you turn it on the camera. It's not an on thing. It's the cable, which has been a bit shit for a while now. So okay. we'll see if I well, fix let, it. Well, let me know when we can try to get you another cable. Um, well, let me know when you want to stop calling attention to it while I'm fixing it. Um, I know I just missed your beautiful makeup. So Yep. But yeah, so uh, I'll be doing the interview with them. Yeah, I mean, guys, people are like, are you going to ask them the hard-hitting questions? There's not going to be any softballs, right? Uh, yeah, guys, like... I don't think it. I don't know how you do a softball interview at this point in time. You go in and you're just like, so please tell me how 12 o'clock is actually so, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can anticipate, you can anticipate questions on all the hot topics. Um, I'm not going Um, to like hold a blade to anybody, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Golden Glue, since we haven't had a chance to talk with you about some of these changes, and it's probably going to be a bit of a, a theme tonight, just uh, what, what's your reaction been? Because I think, for me, I'm seeing fans, and I'm seeing insiders like Travis and Kobe and people who are like still pretty like well-connected to some of the higher-ups at Riot still are in, like, you know, getting insider info. But like, what, what have you been going through watching like what's been happening and all that? Like, what's your experience been? Yeah, I feel like I have a pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting for me because this was the first time that, like, all all these all this news is coming about how the LCS is changing, and this is the first time in a decade where, like, right now currently, I'm not directly connected to the LCS through a team or like through doing something with Riot. So I feel like I have almost like a pretty neutral POV where I'm just like, it's not actually affecting me personally right now, um, and I'm just like really curious of how these decisions are being made. I think a lot of confusion, um, which I'm sure is a sentiment with a lot of people, you know, I think it's especially like 
for the time, the time zone one, I, I can kind of get it right. Like I, in a world where like they are going to be prioritizing Valorant and just not really saying that out loud. I mean, they are saying it through their actions, right? Um, but like, for example, the dash thing, I don't get it at all. Like that, that's something that I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever understand. Like they said, that, you know, it's going to be like a format change and apparently he'll still be a part of LCS. I still don't understand fully, but at least for me being on the desk, like having worked on being on the analyst desk and getting to work with dash, not only I think does do all the fans enjoy working with him, but like personally, he made it so easy to, I guess, look good on the desk. And like, whenever you're like talking or collaborating, he was such a nice person to be around. So I'm really surprised that they decided to move away from him. Um, yeah, part of me is just like, I think this year is going to be really critical to see the trajectory of LCS. Cause I do think there's some interesting stories with the teams, especially like, for example, hundred thieves, I think is going to be really exciting to watch. Um, Biased. Yeah, I'm biased. I'm, I'm fucking biased. I'm hella biased. But um, I think, you know, Evil Geniuses will also be fun to watch. I think Team Liquid will be fun to watch. I think there's actually, from a player side and, like, the narratives that you can build with the, the actual teams and the players this year, I actually think is stronger than it's been in quite a while. Obviously, you know, it's Dublin's coming back. Dublin and Bjergsen together along with... I think, but there's actually quite a few good narratives, I think, this year in LCS. So it's going to be... Oh, and like someone just wrote in chat, FlyQuest. Yeah, like FlyQuest too. I think there's going to be some good narratives. And I'm really like waiting to see Rats making all these changes. I think the material that they have to work with is actually pretty good this year. So um, if Riot tries to do all these changes and it doesn't go well, I feel like they're going to be having a lot of blame uh, to go. Um, but if it goes really well, in that case, like a lot of things are changing. Then you know, at the same time, they should get the praise if things do end up turning out pretty pretty good. Do you look at that working some some hopium and talking about how interesting the, the league is aside for some of these changes? You know, all the great teams. Look at that. Here here's a question for you, uh, Golden Glue. I feel like I know you are not currently a player, but it feels like players have been mostly silent about all this stuff. Right, like I know Doublelift has made a tweet. I think maybe a couple other people might have said something on stream. He's had some, yeah, stream stuff, clips and stuff that I've watched. And um, what, you know, do you have any senses to, like I joked, I think on the last episode we did of, of the year where this stuff had kind of started to come out that pro players just don't care or pay attention to anything that doesn't directly affect them, even if like the ripple effects are far, like will affect them. Yeah, I actually feel like I can speak on that very well, considering yes. my um, current perspective. So I think when I was playing in the same way, honestly, whatever Riot was doing with the league, you know, like anything to do with league, to be honest, it's like I didn't really care because um, it doesn't it doesn't really like what can I do about it? Like Riot's going to make a decision. I'm so far removed from like being able to contribute or like um have any effect like my opinion actually doesn't really matter so that like effort and energy is just wasted would you could be using that to focus more on yourself and your gameplay and like your team um so i think another good analogy would be basically like when you're a pro player you're i think probably also for coaches but especially the pro players it's kind of like you're on a boat and you can see around you that there's like there's some fucking holes in the boat and water is like coming in but at the same time, it's like 
you don't have any tools to fix it. So you're just going to keep fucking rowing. Like you're just going to keep going and go as fast as you possibly can. Because like, even if the like boat is sinking, um, the best thing you do is like focus on whatever your aspect of it is like playing the best, getting the best possible, like staying afloat as long as possible. And it's not, um, it's not necessarily, I think their job to be thinking about that. I think. All right. Well, I, I think, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I get it. I took, I get that is part of the thing that I've known for a long time, right? Which is like pro players are so focused on their own performance, their own predicament. It is hard whenever it's like, maybe you have a bad relationship with your coach or another teammate, or like you've been inting a lot lately, or you're worried about any number of different things to be like, okay, but you also really need to care about like the future of the league. But it is tough because I feel like the players are – there's, like, three entities, right? There's, like, the community, there's the players, and there's the, the team owners or organizations outside of Riot. And it is tough because I feel like the organizations and the players are so silent on this that it's it feels a little hopeless where it's just sort of like, well, Riot's making this, these decisions. They're very unpopular. And no one's going to say anything about it other than the community. And so, I don't know. I, I get it. I just – and I and I appreciate your answer because it's honest. Um, but it is still a bit of a bummer, you know? Yeah. I think – uh, oh, oh, sorry. Go you ahead. Mark. No, yeah, no. You, no, you, Mark. No. You are okay. – no. Gold and glue. Go for it. Mark froze anyway. Oh, okay. I guess I'll go for it. Um, shit. Well, that kind of – Mark freezing kind of made my brain freeze. Oh, I, I think I was just going to say something along the lines of... Okay, fine. It's, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I... Hello, Mark? What the fuck? I could hear Golden Glue the whole time, but everything just froze on yeah, my you just Yeah, everything you just said came back all at once. That's oh, so weird, bro. The water, the rain in our neighborhood is uh, is starting <laughs> to, to finally take over the internet. Riot Games, no, no. like, <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> shut yeah. it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was saying I feel bad for pro players that they feel powerless in the current setup that like their voice doesn't matter um, and I even in some sense kind of know what Golden Goose is talking about like I don't know if they have enough power to like do anything if they did all like rally around something um, but or even like just individually speak out but I think the two things that I, I still think matter is like it shouldn't necessarily just be framed as like me speaking up will get something done, but also that like fans care about what I think. Uh, and even if I can't change Riot's thing, I can at least like relate to fans and like uh, kind of be there with them because it is still like we're, we're an entertainment product. And so I think that aspect is one that Travis and I have sometimes beat the drum a little bit too much about, about how like pros don't view like entertainment uh, as a core part of their job. And I would say like, more than being able to change Riot, being able to connect with your fans and share your thoughts is something that is still worthwhile, even if it's not going to... Like, there's so many other things on a pro player's plate as well. Like you said, you can always just focus more on um, the competitive aspect of it. Yeah, All right. I agree. I mean, I definitely think there's players with the platform that could use it definitely more effectively, 100%. I do think, though, for like a lot of players, I honestly think they're their platforms and their leverage is like pretty negligible when it comes to having these conversations. I mean, you guys could push through the players association or sorry, I shouldn't say you guys, but 
um, the players could push through the players association more, you know, like if, if 20 of the players were all going to the players association and saying, we think this is an issue, I think it would, it would do something like players association could, could push publicly, um, and show they're not aligned with us, but whatever. Anyway, uh, the, the other thing, Mark, and then we should get into calls is I guess on the dash stuff, I know you did your video. Are you able, and I should have asked you this before, but are you able to talk much about like what the broadcast is going to look like? Like, is there an analyst desk? My understanding is there's not really an analyst desk now, but is there an analyst desk? Oh, you're muted now. Mark, Mark's having a lot of tech issues tonight. That one I think no, is that, on him. That was, that was just me being an idiot. That's yeah. not a tech issue. That's yeah, a brand yeah, yeah. issue. I didn't realize I, I, I was, my, my Twitch had gotten desynced whenever that like weird Right, cutting Anyways. the mute. Yes. Um, so I like this is it's weird for me to say this because I'm like, I don't know if I should be the mouthpiece. But yeah, there's still an analyst desk. It's not like um, the entire product is like vastly, vastly different like. It's all live vlogged, guys. We're gonna be standing behind the pro players with uh, cameras. All on TikTok their... live now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think in that sense, like, um, it's it's a shame that the riot has been so quiet about these things. Um, but it's true that there's no like consistent host. Um, but yeah, there's still an analyst desk and stuff like that. Okay. They're gonna be a Riot Games TikTok. Is there already a Riot Games? There, TikTok? There there's is. There's a Riot Games TikTok. It's a, it's got some decent. Uh, there's an LCS TV one. There's an LEC one. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The, oh, uh, okay. the LCS one, not bad. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into calls. It's time for everybody to uh, unleash on the show. We already have some folks in the waiting room, so we won't do the whole spiel. Uh, but Mark, you want to go grab our first call? Yes. Fantastic. Thank you to Boder Michael, Shavul, Elo Ashlyn, Ari Waddle, Coyotex, uh, Kavafe, Perchi, Arsh, and Zanza for the subs. Mark is grabbing the next caller, or the first caller, I should say, right now. Our first caller of 2023. It's really good to be back. I'm excited about it. Naked Homeless Man, thank you for 59 months. I think you're subbing while in the state that you are in for 59 months is honestly quite impressive. Uh, all right. Mark is back with Basket O' Knives. Basket O' Knives, our first caller of 2023. Where are you calling from? Hi, everybody. I'm uh, calling in from Portland, Oregon. Oh, how's the snow and everything there? There actually really isn't any snow really out here. Um, Did you get any snow or is here? it just rain there the whole it's, time? Yeah, now it's just kind of all rain. It snowed okay. for like a day or two, and then now it's just kind of all rain. I'm used to, I'm originally from Ohio, so I'm used to like, you know, lake effect snow from Cleveland and just general kind of Midwest snow. So it's just wet. Yeah. I kind yeah. of miss the snow, to be honest. <laughs> until uh, until you have to shovel it. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, so I believe Mark had brought me in here for my one take here, and this is mainly a question for uh, for Grayson. So... Kind of since you've had the opportunity to be in the league for some time, playing across multiple different organizations, different roles, and things like that, uh, I've got two questions here. So the first one being, what's kind of your best takeaways that you've gotten from each of these different systems and organizations and roles that you've been a part of? 
that's my first question. I guess we'll leave with that. Okay. Okay. What are the my biggest takeaways from the systems and organizations that I've that I've been a part of? Hmm. It's a good question. I think I have a lot of takeaways. I don't really think about like necessarily. I guess I've got to see a lot of different like management styles and a lot of different ways like um, companies get ran. Um, and especially with, from like situations that I would say like on Cloud9, it was like very family style um, where, you know, we had Jack in our house with us all the time. It felt like if you needed something, he was very good at like getting for, getting for you really fast. And like, you basically had the boss kind of like with you the whole time, which, you know, has like, it has its pros and cons. And then I saw management styles where it was more like, um, you clock in at, you know, you clock in at eight and you leave at five, stuff like that, where it's more like, okay, this is your professional life and this is your, um, personal life and totally have it segregated. So I feel like I have a lot of takeaways of like how to like how these different environments affect different people. And especially when it comes to age, you know, I think for me, it was kind of fortunate that as I started when I was younger, I was in this more like insular family style kind of company. And as I got older, I also progressed. I feel like companies that were taking a more progressive approach to um, their management style. So it, like, I think it worked out for me as I was maturing. And I think that's something that I, I do think like when I see how companies are getting ran, it's like how, how much of it is like integrated with your full life and how much of it is like having the segregated um, personal and work life. I Every time you said family style, I just thought about like going to a restaurant and ordering family style um, <laughs> food. Anyway, okay, sorry. What's your second question of Vasco to Dives? Clearly my joke was not as good. No, that's all good. I kind of had the a little bit of the same thought too, but I'm also, you know, it's dinner time, so I'm also hungry, but... My next question, it's kind of a, just a two part about the new, um, the salt league, um, here. So one, I guess, what are your thoughts? If you have much of any on the change of the nature of like the amateur scene, you know, having played for like the C9 challenger team, having coached, you know, through some of the academy systems, what's your thought on the changes to the amateur scene? And then what advice would you have to some of the new and younger talent? that's coming up from like the collegiate scene into the NACL and some of the other, you know, kind of younger talent that's coming in. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, probably not the best thing, but like, I don't full, I've been like pretty out of it since I've been taking time off. What, what are the, I know they they were thinking about like merging Academy and amateur. Is that what they did? I honestly, I heard so many different like types of styles that they were going to do that. I didn't actually follow up and see like what they decided on. Does anyone basket? So from my understanding, like the like NACL is effectively what's replacing the academy, academy scene. Right. Yeah. And okay. then adding in some of the other amateur scenes from like either like the proving grounds or unified or things of that nature. So it's kind of like splits a bit of the difference, but probably like eighty percent straight academy teams that have just now become the NA Challenger League and then 20%, you know, like your supernova or, you know, like, um, AOE or anything like that, I think is kind of where it's kind of shifted to. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to clarify and make sure I think 
I think overall, that's I, I like the change because I do think there was like, to, to me and being a coach of Academy for two years, like I could only have like five players, right? I definitely felt like there was players who should have got on Academy teams that like didn't get onto Academy teams for like, um, I don't know, like weird reasons, I would say. And I think um, those players like land more easily on amateur teams and then they can prove that they are at the same level or above the other academy players. So I do like the opening of that. I feel like they were already pretty much doing that with Proving Grounds and it was pretty exciting to see amateur teams do well um, in those. So yeah, I'm like, I'm for that. And for advice for new players, I do think it's a really tough time to be a new player, um, like to be an up and coming pro player. But I don't know if the things you need to work on are any different. Um, I think the same things are just like focus on your gameplay, focus on being the best you can, focus on getting on the best team you can possibly be on and looking good. And every like that needs to be your highest priority. Because um, the reality is that like the most most young players, like if you start trying to play like a defensive style, something like tanks, usually the people who are scouting are more excited by people who are playing like flashy champions and like newer, higher mechanical skill champions. So, um, you know, just like try to be the best at also the hardest champions. And, you know, obviously I think streaming the process is really good if they can do that as well and trying to grow like a fan base for themselves. So the answer what do question? you think of Cassante? That champ's crazy, bro. <laughs> like, I'm watching this guy, and he's just like, man, what the fuck? I don't even play League that much right now, but if I do play League, I'm banning Cassante every time because, like, I don't want to get fucking pile drive through a wall, and he's just, like, dashing everywhere. I didn't like, like fuck that shit. He's, like, the new but, equivalent of, like, that Lee Sin um, spotlight that Freak did years ago where it's, like, yeah. your marksman, 80 carry support assassin tank enchanter yeah the april Sin fools one. like same yeah. thing but now 2022 i i asked just because it's a great champ for players trying to look cool uh and get scouted probably just getting solo kills on Cassante, make a little highlight reel put it on twitter academy play, or uh, amateur player looking for team and you, and you put that underneath it boom yeah yeah for sure thank you so much basket and ice for calling in uh anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller uh, one shout out to all of you gentlemen, you know, thanks for always, you know, bringing out the content and doing all these things, especially during this ever tumultuous time for us, uh, old school esports people and especially the older league fans. But otherwise, just, uh, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Alienware, always good. I enjoy a lot of their material and content and, uh, hope to see you guys all again, all on again here soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. And actually, we will uh, take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware because it's the first time I get to talk about Alienware this year. It's fantastic. Uh, they sponsor the show. We love having them as a sponsor. And the really awesome thing is last week they announced a bunch of cool stuff at CES. Every year they've got some cool stuff coming out at CES. And this year was no different. They announced the M18 uh, notebook, which is now, you know, previously they had the M17. Now you have up to... M18, which is now their most powerful notebook that you can purchase that's coming out this quarter. And then they also, alongside bringing back the X14 uh, with a refresh setup, they also have the X16, which is uh, the first since 2004 where they have the 16-inch notebook available. 
and it's going to have a taller 16 by 10 display with an improved six speaker design. So a lot of people actually do like uh, playing in that aspect ratio. Really, really excited about uh, getting my hands on one of those soon. Uh, in addition, they announced a new 500 hertz refresh rate monitor. So for those of you that really love having uh, playing at high FPS, high refresh rate stuff, maybe uh, Valorant games or whatever, uh, really cool stuff coming out of CES for Alienware. So you can check all that out if you just do a, a quick Google search. There's a bunch of people that did hands-on impressions on it and did more uh, run more of a rundown on it than we can do right now on this ad break. But some really cool stuff coming out from Alienware in Q1 of this year. I'm going to be able to get my hands on it. We're going to show it off. Uh, cannot wait. So please go check out all of Alienware's new excitement, exciting announcements from CES 2023. And thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show and so much of what we do here at Travis Gafford Industries. All right. Um, Golden Glue is my monitor, right? Oh, wait. What'd you ask, Golden Glue? You're paying me in that monitor, right? Uh, you know, we're, we'll figure it out later. Uh, Mark, go ahead. I was going to say, did I, my computer died, and I didn't realize Basket and I was posting multiple topics. Did he ask you um, what's the best in, like, takeaways from each system or org that you work for? Did, did he ask about the – okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Did I – did we get a random other topic in there? Okay, phew. Yeah. Never mind. Going to get the next person. Okay. Off you go. Okay. So shout out to – you, the Twitch viewers, for still watching. I was going to start out a sub, but we didn't get a sub during that call, and that's okay. Was that a tough first question, Golden Glue? That was a tough first question. I'm venting to chat right now. You just you thought you'd come on, and we just have a bunch of people complaining about stuff. And uh, pr trust me, we will. But it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just you two. I don't Mark, know. Mark pulled that one for you, though. Uh, Cozy Coffin is here. Cozy, where are you calling from? I'm calling from North Carolina. North Carolina, what do you want to talk about on the show? Okay, so I'm going to be a big hater on uh, your boy and uh, some of the, the two goats of LCS. Okay. My, my hot take is 100 Thieves not making playoffs both spring and summer is a good thing for the future of LCS talent. It's a good thing for the future. Okay. What yes. do you... <laughs> So first off, I assume Sp Summer still has eight teams making it into playoffs. So they're going to have to be really bad to not make playoffs. Do you expect that they won't? Or is this just you're hoping they don't? I'm hoping they don't. Obviously, they're really talented players. But in my opinion, they aren't internationally talented. Uh, talented. They're only good domestically. But of course, they're going to do well domestically. I, I don't think they're not good players. I just think they're not good for international events. Okay. Uh, why is this? I mean, you can just look at the history. Um, Travis, look at the, the last 10 years of NA at Worlds. I think we've only been to semifinals two times in the last five years. And I think some of those players were participating in the Worlds. So I think we should move on. <laughs> I think we should stop living up with the hype of these these goats in LCS uh, and try to find some new talent elsewhere. Do, what do you think of Busio? Do you think Busio is not new talent? No, that's what that's what really hurts me. Um, they kind of did a little mixture of 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 some Zoomers and Boomers on this roster, which really hurts me. 
but I think the, the the main attraction right now, even if they do good, if they do well in uh, summer and spring, it's just going to take away from the the newer players, and it's not going to be their win. It's going to be, you know, these legends. They're going to be oh this they won because of double lift. They won because of the mid lane. They won. It's not going to be because of the new talent. It's not. It, it never is. Quick quick question for you. Uh, yeah. Who do you think got credit at Cloud Nine or for Cloud 9's win in summer? Um, <laughs> I remember when Biofrost came on the scene. No one cared about him because it was he was living in Double Lift and Bjergsen's shadow. No one remembers that dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with this Cloud Nine, um, I, I have my own personal opinion on there. Honestly, I'm I just saying that, who when uh, who do you think the community was lifting up the most for the Cloud Nine win Travis, in summer? Let's not torture the poor man. You're you're disagreeing <laughs> and saying that no one tunneled on just Jensen. Mine was sarcastic, saying that Blabber or uh, Biofrost got plenty of, of accolades and attention for succeeding on a roster full of veterans. I, I think um, if this team does well, people will be giving Tenacity and Busio uh, their due. But no, we're agree, kind of talking I about we're talking, kind of talking about two different things. One, you think like this mm-hmm. these players have gone to Worlds, they didn't find success there. So why keep them in the league? You should want them to fail. And then two, they overshadow the rookies. I think Mark and I showed pretty good examples of times where the rookies were not overshadowed by the veterans and quite the opposite. I think from the world side, let's let's hear it from Golden Glue. From Golden Glue. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of of this take? I think all any take, and this is such a frequent one, frequent take that like this player, this team is not good at worlds, but it's good in an A. Like, no, bro. Like, if the guy is the best in an A and he's getting fucked at worlds, everyone else would have just got fucked harder. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> it's. I don't really agree with that narrative, um, and I think that. Um, I think there is going to be exciting. I think Booster and Tenacity are going to be very exciting to uh, watch. And I think, I don't think people will be giving double lift and Bjergsen credit. I think for the past, like, I don't know, X amount of years of their careers, it's only people being critical and like, you know, comparing them to their highest points in their like long careers. So it's like tough for them, honestly. Yeah, I feel like people don't really look favorably back on double lift's last championship, despite the fact that he won and like, he wasn't like a complete dead body, but people act like he was. So I, I definitely kind of agree with what Golden Glue saying. Everyone hated Bjerg a fair amount. I shouldn't say everyone. The vocal subreddit side, which is kind of one of the, the few things people see, uh, definitely was not a Bjerg fan. So uh, I, I definitely right. see what you're saying. I mean, are you also, Cozy, are you also frustrated that like Impact is on a team? Because we've... Done a lot of stuff with impact, well, and it's not like he's well, I'm got a little his... biased towards uh, players that actually have won worlds. In my opinion, I, I, I I'm just saying, like it's it's weird to say, like yeah, these guys won worlds, but they didn't do it in an A. They've been had the same fucking place as Doublelift and and Bjerg have been for like the the rest of their career afterwards in terms of worlds performance. So I think that's what's tough for me is I feel like double F and Bjerg because they are so popular, understandably they take a lot of heat, but there's a lot of other examples of players like someday as well, like of players that core have been, who are veterans who have been around for a while, have gone to worlds many times for North America 
and have gotten us the same results as the rest of these folks right. for North America. I mean, no, I agree. Talent, um, younger talent can shine in uh, rosters with veterans, but my take is more towards these, maybe towards these two particular players because they just, they're really good players domestically, but I don't think they're going to, and I want NA to win Worlds. I think everybody wants NA to win Worlds, and I don't think that with them on any roster going to international play, they're not going to win Worlds. They're not going to, they're not going to oh. show. <laughs> I know, I know I mean, you're going to hate this, but I don't think they're going to, they're not going to get anywhere near that. Um, I mean, the other thing is I don't think every do. single team's goal every single year should be we're going to win Worlds. Uh, I mean, but. That's not how it works in traditional sports. I don't think it's a reasonable way to, like, a, a, a like value it. of Bjerg and Doublelift could be that they pass on a lot of knowledge uh, to mm -hmm. Busio and Tenacity. And then maybe they disappear in a year or two, and then those guys become the stars of the league, you know? I also would, like, I, I hate to do Golden Blues boy DeMonte dirty, but, like, we saw Clutch Gaming go one year, and uh, it wasn't great. Good old 0-6. They were the original 0-6 before TSM joined them in Infamy, but, like, no one cared about that roster because it was the third seed and, like, kind of a bit of an underdog. But, like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't look great. Right. So I think... Domestic titles really don't mean anything in history. If you look at just the world of uh, title holders, that's what we really care about. Like, you can see that Faker is the GOAT because of that. He has, like, what, 10 domestic titles that nobody really talks about? He's not known for his domestic titles. He's known for, you know, winning worlds three times. Yeah, you whenever Cloud9 so. lifted the trophy in summer, that audience did not give a shit. It did not mean anything, and the players yeah. didn't care at all. Yeah, exactly. They they want worlds. They want world titles. That's being, what matters. I was being sarcastic. And the audience was going crazy. It was a big yeah. Deal. When, okay, when, well, when uh, yes, and, they and would go crazy out together, holding the trophy as the two goats of NA, and the crowd went fucking crazy. They de no one cared there. I mean, people cared. No, no one was but, clapping or cheering. So I think LCS is like college football and winning worlds like winning the super bowl <laughs> no one cares like, about heisman you're right dude the heisman <laughs> trophy just goes in and out every year everyone's like who the fuck is this guy i've never heard of him no I want, one cares about tim tebow I, that dude I want a was a team fucking... that's good <laughs> i want a team that's gonna win us world's titles and that's that's i don't think they're gonna do it i don't hey, think one, veterans in na are gonna do it one last they thing i did see some people in chat disputing the idea that Doublelift and Bjergsen could pass on knowledge. Uh, Golden Glue is the only person here who has actually participated as a player on a team. What is sort of your take on combining boomers with zoomers and players like Doublelift and Bjergsen, what they can and can't contribute to uh, new players like Busio and Tenacity? Look, man, I mean, I think, I think that these younger players definitely need role models, they need people to teach them things. They need people to accelerate their learning. They don't, the, the thing that I think um, can happen, which like, I think that sometimes when, let's say Bjergsen's mentoring Busio, something like along these lines, as long as Busio doesn't go fully and like follow directly, I guess in his trails, let's see if I'm, I'm explaining this right. Basically, you just need the mentor and the mentee to not focus on like following exactly in the mentor's steps, but just learning everything you can from the person's experience. So I think for sure, it's great for Busio Tenacity that they have these like LCS legends to learn from. 
And I think as long as they can not get too absorbed in the, like, how colossal of a history their teammates have and, like, kind of not be, like, star-eyed, if that makes sense, or doe-eyed, um, I think that there's a lot for them to learn in a year or two of playing together. And I think that it will for sure accelerate Busio and Tenacity's, like, growth. Because, I mean, I also I coached Busio and Tenacity last year. Like, they, they're great players, but they definitely, like, when I watch them play, the thing they lacked is experience. The thing they lacked is, like, knowing, um, like, seeing enough scenarios and knowing the right answer to those scenarios. And, like, Busio, or Double Up to Bjergsen have, like, you know, a lot more experience than that. And they can let them learn from them. I, and I think it'll be a really good situation. I think it doesn't work all the time, but I think it's going to be good for them. Yeah. Damn, you heard it here first. Golden Glue doesn't believe in tenacity in Busio. Damn. <laughs> Former coach slams ex-players. Thank you so much, Cozy Coffin, for calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, shout out uh, Alienware, uh, Grubhub, and uh, Hotline League. Appreciate you guys doing this. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. You've trained them yeah. well, Travis. I know, I know. Well, they just know the value of a fantastic sponsor. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Slowbro, Numi for gifting a sub to Golden Glue, Wicked Empire, Tom Shu for 50 months. Tom Shu haters be damned. Everyone's favorite 50 months. caller in the world. Pilgrim Panda. Yeah, it's Tom Shu, unfortunately, on, on guests or on caller cooldown after his last appearance was. Tom, uh, Tom Shu, never a dry eye. A little derided. Or elevated from... heart rate <laughs> after a call. Chaotix is here. Chaotix, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from good old Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. What do you want yeah. to talk about on the show? My roots. Um, so I am on the show today. Uh, so responding to uh, Dash leaving the LCS, I think that um, if they are bringing in new people, that incoming talent will only succeed if... Riot and the LCS is able to fix the narrative around Dash leaving. I, I'm i not super updated on this because uh, I, I know that he streamed the other day, but I wasn't able to catch that because I was at work. But I, last I heard that Dash found out pretty soon or pretty close to the time that it was announced that he was actually... No, he found out in soon. August. Yeah, he's known for a long okay. time. Okay, he knew for a while. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty abrupt, and, I mean, nobody really understands exactly why they just moved away from him entirely, because, I mean, you know, Dash was pretty valuable to the cast as a whole, and I think that the way that he left will leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths if they don't get a better reasoning from Riot themselves on why exactly it happened. I know that he said that they're working together to see if he'll be able to appear on more broadcasts or and more content and things like that, but... Um, you and, know, it's it's hard to know. And why do you think that this will harm the new talent? Um, I think that a lot of social media can be very harmful in that sense because there's a lot of fans that can be very toxic about that and they'll post their opinions online. And despite the fact that, you know, it's not the new talent's fault at all that the narrative around it's bad. And I'm sure that they're going to do great. I mean, I'm sure that everyone on the broadcasts like Raz, Emily, and Mark are going to do fantastic still and they'll be great and entertaining but you know I, I think that there will be a lot of people who will still be sour about it if 
riot doesn't address exactly what happened. You got a based opinion, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, I'm trying to think through how riot, how riot addresses this. Because what are like what would they? What could they say, Chaotix, that would make you feel better? I'm not saying there isn't a way to do it. I'm just curious. At this point in time, how do they address it in a way that you feel is good? Don't look I at Twitch like... chat for cheating answers. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. I'll close the window. Um, so I think that the best way for them to go about it would be at least to say something, because I think that the official LCS page hasn't said anything other than retweeting Dash's announcement. Which I think when someone has been with your organization for that long and they've put in as much work as Dash has, I believe that he deserves a little bit more. Um, I think that, you know, what uh, Mark did on the blame game was fantastic with putting together the um, montage of like all of the Dash moments and everything was really cool. And I think that if something like that was released by the LCS, that would make it a lot easier. I think that even if they're not looking for someone to be a consistent host, I think that Dash should definitely still be a part of the show. He's a face that people trust and are used to seeing and that people like to see. So I think that that would be pretty good because, I mean, even if you're moving his position away, it's not like you can't probably pretty easily create something new in a pretty easily or a pretty good way for him to still be... Yeah, I think part of the, the problem, I agree with that. I think that is fair. I think if they can... They can say like, "Hey guys, you know, we because of the change to the way that we're approaching the desk, like that a consistent hosting role was not necessary, but we think he's really talented. We're going to work with him in other ways, and then you just hire him and have him do a couple different things for you every split, uh, and hopefully that makes people feel a little better." So I think that's a fair answer. By the way, I was looking at your take because uh, I do that sometimes in the and I think did you? Was, it seems like there's a, another addition to this that you had that you did not say. So, yeah, so I, I think that... Did you get scared? Um, I don't, too hot of a take for you? <laughs> uh, no, not at all. I can handle the heat. Um, so I think that... Too hot of a take I for don't... Mark. Sorry, continue. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, is that I don't know for sure if this is on the side of the LCS or if it's on Riot's right side or if it's on both sides, but... I think that whoever's managing the LCS social media account needs to lose their job. I don't want to be the person to put people out of work, but I think that whoever is doing it has been doing a horrendous job. We, I didn't even know that there was uh, an event happening until yesterday. No, today. Which is ridiculous because I'm someone who's chronically online. I'm on Twitter constantly. <laughs> I'm... Constantly watching YouTube videos about League and Twitch streams, and I had no idea until today, which is absurd. They, I mean, they, they didn't really put out anything about Dash. Again, that's not really on the social media person, but there, there's a lot that I feel like could be better addressed and better put out there. I don't know if it's necessarily just the person who's managing the account or people who are managing the account. But there just needs to be way more effort put out uh, by a lot of people as a whole. Because, I mean, I think I was looking at Twitter and LEC had put out the announcement for their teams like three days ago, along with the times and everything, which, I mean... Okay, I will say, I will say, so, so one, 
I think it's tough when I think it's tough for the for for like the Twitter account to like whatever your your parting ways or changing your relationship with an employee it is difficult to like in a tweet be like by the way here's what's up um I, I feel like it's it can kind of come across taxi, tac, tacky, so I don't think Twitter's necessarily a place to address that. Um, but I do know that the LCS Twitter account did not tweet since December 16th. There was a couple of retweets of between December 16th and today there was nothing. And that is like kind of a not a good look. And I'm not here to like... You know that Mark and I are not uh, not for people calling for people to lose their job on this show, and unless it's a a very you know specific set of circumstances of, of problematic behavior, but like it it is a really rough look when you see just how inactive the count is, and like the very first thing they tweet out is like, well. The the All thing right, so I I pulled this initially to just mostly talk about the the first part of the take so uh, <laughs> about the whole like uh, talking to Dash and that stuff and it's actually something that I have a fair amount of experience with like given um, my time with offline TV like we were no stranger to controversies and people leaving and you know like just it's the streaming world so it's more a bit more wild wild west um, but like whenever people were leaving or whenever there was drama we always tried to like address it head on in the face. Um, and I think that's one area that I feel very comfortable saying, like, because it's just so obvious, that, like, Riot needs to do better about, like, because you know all this stuff is coming. Dash knew since August. You know he's a beloved figure of the community. Like, you should have something ready to go, even if it's not a video, which would be ideal. Like, at least, like, a, saying thank you and, like, you know, something more heartfelt, or, like, some of the stuff that I said, or just, like, you know, like you said, Travis explaining some reasoning. So that's what I wanted to, to kind of talk about, because for me, it, it's really not that hard to do. I've, I've always, like... Like, that's why I made the video for Dash because it was very easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, tribute seems so obvious for someone. In hindsight, like I said, I should have done it for Freak too, but I just like don't work as closely with Freak, uh, even though I still work with them a lot. But like, you know, like these these sorts of things, these like tributes, these like moments to try and feel good, is it's it's a huge missed opportunity. And I'm sad that like Riot hasn't had anything prepared for anyone. Yeah, pastry as well, obviously. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that was, that was kind of where I was leading with it. But uh, now you can go on part two, I guess, Travis. I, I so you never gave me a chance for part one. Golden Glue popping. Also, yeah. though, like, doesn't necessarily, I feel like, have to be someone gets fired. It could also be, like, you add people to it, a team, right? It's a social media team. It's not just, like, one person making all the decisions for their socials, right? So this isn't, I don't know. I feel like there's just, like, a focus there of, like, we don't want to get someone fired. But, like, no one necessarily has to get, like, fired for, like, this kind of thing to improve or even get, like, new people on it. Yeah, there's like a couple different layers here, right? Because there's obviously the social media side, then there's also the comms around all of it. And the comms stuff is oftentimes a reflection of how far in advance a lot of decisions are being made and how much time they're giving the comms team. So it is somewhat difficult at times to like, or maybe not correct to just single out any one individual or aspect of stuff. But I... I think your general sentiment around they really bungled the dash stuff they really bungled the like they've done a poor job of getting people excited for the split the only thing they've done so far is deliver bad news they're pitting on the show match tomorrow they gave people very little information when they first announced it 
and then the LCS has done very little to market it. You kind of feel like it's like a throwaway thing for them, um, which is not what people want to feel like whenever they're seeing a bunch of bad news. And so I think it is honestly, it's just fucking exhausting. It's so t I am I like here I am and I'm about to say it's just another problem with communications and they need to communicate more and like. <laughs> My God, the past 10 years of my life has just been talking about Riot and their communication stuff. And I don't it – is, it is bizarre to me that we're still having this conversation. It's 2023. Like it's just – it's just wild. Um, and that is where – that is where like if you communicate effectively, you can hold back a lot of the issues that, that – would otherwise grow. So people see things like Dash leaving. They see stuff like times changing or schedule changing to inopportune times. And when you see that, plus it feels like Riot is just not communicating much or saying much or saying stuff at the last minute, it all builds together into this picture of Riot doesn't care about the LCS. And so that is like what is aggravating to me is because I go online and I see all these comments like Riot doesn't care about the LCS or Riot has budget cuts around the LCS, both of which I know not to be true, but it, you can't argue against it because that is what it looks like externally because they do such a poor job of like interfacing with everybody. And it's crazy because the re like Riot over-communicates from the rest of the company. I know they did some, there's some conversation about how little they communicated around preseason stuff this year and like when does preseason or when does uh, season start and all that stuff, but Usually speaking, they do a lot of communicating, so it's just—I don't know. I agree with you, Chaotix. Uh, I don't—I don't know if there's too much more to what's, dive into. What's but. funny is someone in Twitch. I was like, "Oh yeah, but weren't like people on break for the last couple of weeks?" But it's like the end of the year didn't just like fall out of the fucking sky, you know? Like it's—it's <laughs> it's the same time every year that you go on break. It's Christmas and the New Year, so like, and they have a different a global team for a while. They have a different global team and a different regional team too. So it's not like you can say like, well, LCS was too busy with Worlds. And obviously the LCS folks do some work around Worlds, especially when it's in their region. I don't want to say like it's completely separate, but it's just not – yeah, it's not – There, there's enough time. There is enough time. They could have done better, and that's what I wish they had done. Chaotix, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Um, absolutely. Uh, shout out to you guys for watching the show. Shout out to Golden Glue for being on. Um, of course, to Mark especially for letting me let the person behind me go first so I could finish ordering my Grubhub. So hey! That was really nice. Um, nice. So yeah, I have some talent. What did you order? Uh, I got um, some like cheese-filled raviolis, chicken, and cheesecake. Nice. So, Fantastic. So that'll be good. Thank you for um, ordering Grubhub. Yeah, of course. Use, use code Travis Grafter. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll catch you next okay. time. Of course. Have a good night. Have a good one. All right. Nice. Travis, you're a Chipotle partner too, right? Like yes. Well, technically speaking, our partnership was around Worlds, but I still have a Chipotle celebrity card uh, that I've been putting to good use. So it's been pretty good. That's so sick. It is very cool. Uh, Mark is grabbing the next caller. What do we got here? Uh, Pilgrim Panda... Corey Lulu, 61 months, Big Angry Hobo, Evil Trenton, gifted a sub, and Dark Alley HT. Thank you for the 11 months. Thanks, everybody. 
Revenge wants to get some Chipotle. I'm down to get Chipotle Revenge. My celebrity card only works for me, though. I can't get you Chipotle. I'm sorry. <laughs> that must feel so nice pulling out your celebrity card at a Chipotle. It is. It is. I, I will say, like, when I'm ordering in line, you know, I kind of do. It's kind of like the meme of, like, me standing in the corner at the party being like, they don't know I have a celebrity card, where I'm like, I just want the people in line to look over when I pull this thing out at the cash register and be like, whoa, what's that? Zanza's here. Zanza, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Rochester, New York. Rochester, hey, New York. Hey, I went to school there. Yeah, RT is like two minutes that way. Nice. Also, shout out to Revenge in Twitch chat. He'll be on the Zoomer team tomorrow, even though he's two months older than Contracts, the jungler <laughs> for the Boomer team. Is he two? I thought Contracts is two Zoomer? months older than Revenge. Wait, is he? Wait, who's two months older than who? Someone's two months older. I think I think contracts is older than Revenge, but Twitch check and fact check. I need. We'll, we'll look up in a second. Yeah. Also, uh, did you guys know that Revenge is a licensed doctor? Wait, I, I thought he didn't finish that. I'm just gonna keep making you it more and more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Have oh, you ever seen the place? Revenge is older. Twitch chat says he's actually a teacher at UCLA uh, Health Center. He actually did my nose surgery um, that I got a couple months ago. Nice. Great. Well, anyway, Zanza, Zanza, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I think that the LCS should just drop franchising and go back to a tournament circuit. Uh, oh, Riot doesn't boy. seem very invested in, uh, you know, promoting its product and growing it. At least, you know, that's that's the uh, the feel. I think the the scene was a lot more hype back when there were smaller events. Uh, it's crazy to me that. Uh, Someone like Dash can work in the industry for 10 years and leagues his preferred eSport, and then like the company that makes the game that runs the league drops him, and it's like he's got nowhere to go. Like, the game just loses that amazing talent. I think having other uh, companies involved, if they work with Riot, that'd probably be better, but having multiple people in the scene to run it would be better for the overall ecosystem. All right, Travis, I see that you were groaning during this, but I, I wanted to ask Golden Gloof, as a former player now who has some different perspectives, how would you feel? Like, I also know that you, you did play during, like, the old go for lol days. Like, you were you were way back in the day, I believe, as well. So, like, what yeah. what's your feeling on playing in the two ecosystems? I, I mean, I played in relegations. I won relegations. I got a team, my team. I kept teammate in the LCS and then got kicked for when they transformed Pop to Immortals. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was sick, getting MVP of the relegation tournament and then losing my spot. Um, so <laughs> I think I think that, well, when he asked that question, you know, I, I instantly thought about it. I was like, I wonder what LCS would be like if they never franchised. Like, I wonder how the next, like, those years would have went and where we would be now. Because I think it's really hard to go back to not franchise. Well, and franchise, to be clear, Zanza, I don't think, is even talking about pre-franchising. He's talking pre-LCS, correct, Zanza? He, he's saying open yeah. tournament circuit, yeah. So he's talking about, oh. like, 2012 and 2011. Well, we can like talk about IPL, all three NLG. phases, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't take it that way. Um, no, LCS, definitely better than go for lols and those kinds of things. I think... Uh, <laughs> I am was I am ML, MLGs were cool, but uh, you're not. It's not. I don't think it's sustainable like circuit, uh, in my opinion. Rel and compared to how like LCS has created so much more of a sustainable environment for like a competitive scene to flourish. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me, Zanza, that you think that 
the LCS not existing would create a more stable environment for people like Dash. I think it would uh, make him more money. I just think it would make a better product for the viewers. Well, you didn't talk about that. You said that it's crazy that something like Dash could... Well, okay, how would it make it a better product for viewers? Because it's more hype. Like, watching a tournament, like... If you're going to put it at noon when, like, nobody can watch it, it's not hype to watch the VOD. Now, if you have, like, marketing and, like, a team to communicate stuff and, like, build up, like, this weekend or these next two weekends, we're going to have this this big, like, double-a-limb tournament with all these teams, like, 8, 12, whatever teams invited, like, that is more exciting. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to do them, like, every three months. If Riot's involved, you could do them in, like, a sort of cadence and... Sort of similar to what the LEC is doing, but it, it, you kind of have to move it around America to to get people engaged physically. I, I kind of feel like we're all over the place here. So you, yeah. you, it sounds like you sh you're saying they should do a tournament system because I don't want to watch LCS at noon on a weekday. But you could just not have LCS at noon on a weekday. Why, why do you need the tournament system? Because I think... It, it kind of ties into the Dash thing where Riot's in control of everything. And I think it's better if other companies are involved. Okay. When did you start watching Competitive League of Legends? Uh, like 2010. 2010. Okay. Do you remember what happened to IPL? Uh, which, well, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Why doesn't it exist? Uh, it wasn't sustainable. Right. Uh, so they did IPL... Uh, what three and four was it five that people were really excited about? I think it was five. I feel oh, five, yeah, was was the best one. Right, IPL five and then IPL six they were planning and then it didn't end up happening because IGN shut it down. They didn't want to spend money on it. Uh, what happened to MLG? Well, they had a lot of problems, but the same sort of thing. They had well, a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Even even beyond that, another point too is that like by having a consistent location and group of people working on the product, you actually have a like I know people meme NA production stuff, but like I swear to God, watch some third party tournaments and like <laughs> the level of bullshittery going on like technically uh, is is so much worse. Um, and that's that's I would argue not a better product for viewers in that sense. But I, I do think to Zanz's point, there is something to be said about like open tournament brackets being like acceptable like maybe i'm totally mistaken but that's largely how the csgo runs and there's some people who make a living on that if i'm not mistaken so, so just, like it, it can be done just as a random aside i just saw lightning outside so if uh if this show dies it's because mother nature shut it down mark it and myself it. and golden glue we were spitting too many facts yeah, we're not used to this kind of weather in LA. I just, uh, I look. I think there's an argument to be had that like an open or that a tournament system is very hype uh, because obviously you see some really cool stuff in CS:GO, for instance. I and to be fair, Travis, you can take the funding from the LCS and give it to third-party tournament. Yeah, but third-party organizers, organizers fucking suck, man. Like, I mean, that's where I was going too, but I'm just saying that like the, the financial angle can be solved. It, it is there, there to like, here's a great example. Uh, Riot lost, I think for the LCS, four sponsors from 2022 to 2023. 
you all can find out soon which ones those are. Um, that will definitely mean that the LCS, which was break-even and or profitable next year, I can't imagine it's going to be in 2023. This is oh, I shouldn't say this because this is just going to fuel people being like, budget cuts, budget cuts, budget cuts. Guys, they ran this shit at a loss for years. Like, just because they're losing sponsors doesn't mean that there are going to be budget cuts. Which Do you is think my FTX point. Is still there? Which is my point, is that third-party organizers, who would you rather have funding this thing the like company that makes a shit ton of money where LCS is like a rounding error for them or third party organizers that are trying to like pay back VC people or uh, you know, if they lose a major sponsor, like the event just doesn't happen. Like it, it is such a better world having a developer who is bought in and running it out. Maybe there's a world where like, you, you say like, okay, they create like a separate company that runs this. I know that uh, China, um, there's T TJ Esports or TJ Sports that does, it's like a co-producer for a lot of their esports stuff. But like, it is not, uh, <clears throat> it is not, it is not a better system. The IPL and MLG days are not better. I that's, would, that's I could do a whole Golden video Glue? talking about it, but yeah. Golden Glue, what do you what what was your favorite era of playing? Relegation, LCS, franchised LCS, or Wild West? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think this is actually pretty easy for me. And I played since basically the beginning. Um, you know, I didn't really play in that many go for little tournaments, but I did play in like these third party tournaments or whatever. And I think that the best era of LCS was um, when LCS was around, but before franchising, um, I think that it's that, that, that era, like everything felt the most high stakes, I think for everyone, I think for the players, for the teams, for the viewers, when regular season has a chance for you getting kicked out of the league, regular seasons games now actually matter a lot. And I don't know if that's necessarily even the best format, like maybe Riot running individual tournaments would be better than having this like this system um but i think like even if you think about like the progression and like how lcs blew up i feel like it blew up around the origins of lcs and like i feel like franchising when i when i reflect on the decade of league franchising feels like towards the peak and then it feels kind of like a plateau um i don't know I mean, this is just purely based on my feelings so i don't have any numbers or anything to back it up but i think um, the time right before franchising was the most hype and the best experience for a viewer. Now, as a player, I will say, possibly getting relegated was extremely stressful. Like, yes. relegations, holy fuck, they were stressful. I, like, I've had some terrible moments in my life where, like, game five, we accidentally pick Ramus in our in our best of five <laughs> oh, no. and our dumbass fucking ref, even though we clearly said it was Soraka and like he was using a different language client. Um, and he said we couldn't remake the game even though we said we wanted Soraka. And then we played game five with the Ramus support. I had my contract even set up to where I would get a huge payout if we made it. So I was taking like piss low, piss poor money because I believed in the team. And then like we picked Ramus in game five and, uh, it's not, oh, it's not Piglet's fault. This is 100% the ref's fault. He changed his client to English so that the ref could, and the refs could help him out more. So he couldn't find the champion because it's in fucking English. Um, not his fault. Um, so, like, yeah. I mean, like, I think 
that is better product from um, a viewing standpoint. But then also it comes with a hand loaded problem where you get, um, you know, C9 high long balls and those guys just playing on <laughs> just challenger elo teams. Boosting teams. <laughs> yeah, to like make so you know I think that system could work, um, but it's every every system has flaws for sure. So Ugh. yeah, I hate it. I hate it when anybody's. I I think the best system that I've seen so far is the one that Valorant is building, where Riot learned for their lessons. Don't make deals with these teams that can't always be trusted. And then, and make, or at least if you're going to, make short-term deals that are where you can hold them accountable. Whereas Riot can't really hold these guys accountable right now. So if they decide to, like, not create any content or do whatever, they can't be held accountable. But uh, I don't think that relegations are, I don't think Game 5 Ramus picks um, are the thing that the league needs. Um, I don't know. All right, Zanza, thank you so much for the call. Mm -hmm. I have to say I disagree with you. I'm so sorry. Uh, what do you want to talk about on, or sorry, what do you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub. I bought my girlfriend an Alienware laptop recently because there's a huge Travis discount code. And uh, Grubhub's my go-to food deliverer. They're, they're great. Dude, you guys are coming through right now. I really appreciate it. Thank you so <laughs> much uh, for the shout out. And uh, thank you for the call. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one. Hey. All right. I think I'm going to do one more call before a break. Mark is already off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Dark Alley, Boba Cola for 64 months, uh, Numi gift to the sub to Talkative Trees, and M. Whitener. Thank you for this, the prime. We got Pix, LOL here. Pix, where are you calling from? Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. South Dakota. What do you want to talk about on the show? I just want to take a look at how the changes to the LCS time are not for the boomer viewers. I mean, I've been watching League for like 12 years. And I think for the last couple of years, there's like a, there's a mark, there needs to be a marketing effort going towards the younger demographic, specifically to hit that like sweet spot for the high school and college students when they get home, especially around the United States, especially focused on the East Coast where there's like 110 million people that live there. Um, and this is gonna actually start to encourage a better ecosystem for newer players, specifically the high school esports leagues and the collegiate esports scene. Um, but the second part to this was like, it all kind of stemmed from like FTX, but you already went over how like, there's not budget cuts, other stuff. I do think the spot losing sponsors kind of is a little bit tied to why the times change because they gotta be something. But the second half of this is that I think the other factor is that I think it's a smart move on Riot's half because I think they're trying not to compete against the other things that might dominate their original time slots. I know Valorant is a huge thing. Nobody's really mentioned like Overwatch 2, uh, Fortnite's still a thing, CSGO Majors, <laughs> all these other events. So it's, it's one of these things where it's like, it feels like it's kind of a hard blow for everybody that's been watching the scene for a really long time because... Quite honestly, 2022 was a fantastic year from a viewer's perspective. I think they did so many things right, despite it, while it felt very doom and gloom. Um, but, I, you know, however, I feel like it's, it's good for me as a viewer that's in my 30s, but I don't think it's necessarily something that's going to pull in that 15, 16, even 20-year-old. 
Um, so that's kind of where I wanted to look at is like how Riot, it feels like Riot's kind of shifting, shifting to that demographic as, as a tirety. Because I think, I think Valorant does have a part to play into this, but I also think it's like them doing everything they can to try to just change things in a positive way to try to so sorry do a I, lot I just want to I want to cut in and get some clarification here. Are you saying that you think these changes are being made to get a younger audience and that this is helpful for getting a younger audience? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. okay. Sorry, you, you were saying, going off, I think. This a is a positive more. topic, Travis. They exist. You don't have to act so confused. Uh, no, I was confused because he started <laughs> mentioning, like, I don't know, whatever. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But, sure. I, like, I actually think that for the longevity of this, this could hopefully be, like, one of the best changes that they do. Specifically when you look at collegiate esports. And, okay. like, the reason why I think this came up is, like, I live right down the street from a local university that's like a Division Two. They just announced that they're starting a League of Legends team. Oklahoma State University, Oklahoma University, Texas University. You're, bang, you're banging your desk. It's a, it's a lot. Sorry, I'm, yeah, sorry, I don't, I, I, sorry. I, I talk with my hands. So, so you I'm just think this is going to be good for, for college students and for high school folks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because okay. I think it's going to give an exposure. I mean, if you think about it, you've got that League of Legends team like that Legion Legend high school group that right. now can watch the games on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Okay. So well but, it's Thursdays, know, Fridays. Or yeah, Thursday there's free, Friday, free periods so. on their sec on their monitors. So get in trouble. Yeah. Um what okay, so if if the premise is these time changes are going to be help, helpful for getting a younger audience, what do you think they're doing to make sure they can get that audience because they're now making the show available at that time. But do you see any marketing efforts or any content changes or anything that are also meant to attract that audience? See, that's something that I don't, I don't know right now, but like I look at Jojo Kim, for example, last year, like they pushed, they pushed his story really hard. He was this Fortnite player. He's this zoomer kid. He's got hands. You look at Berserker. He's he's the Zoomer kid from Korea. He's got hands. So it kind of feels like there's a little bit of that narrative on that back end. But I also don't know how, like, I know you just talked about social media. I don't know how that's going to change. Like, I feel like TikTok in general has, like, astronomically changed the way how a lot of things have been marketed from a social media perspective in the last, like, year. So perhaps there's a lot more of an aggressive way from the LCS on that aspect. I know Twitter and stuff kind of feels like there hasn't been much, but that's not really where a lot of the younger people are getting their information. Or so it feels like it's, it's kind of like when Facebook shifted to where it's all our parents that use it, you know, or businesses. It's, it kind of feels like TikTok could be going that yeah, direction. Yeah. All right. Let's, 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 we're going off on TikTok tangents now. We don't need to do that. Let's talk <laughs> no, about the, 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 the core premise here, which is that this is a potentially, a good change for this time slot. Uh, Golden Glue, how old are you? Dude, I'm old. I'm 26. You're vast, <laughs> far younger than the rest of us on here. You're I'm know, 31. 26 year, olds, 26 year olds ancient. I know. He's, he's still decrepit, but he's closer <laughs> to his young days. What, what what would you think? I don't know. You, you kind of had a week, like you grew up playing League of Legends in, in a lot of ways. So I don't think you're necessarily indicative of like the typical 
like viewer or like since you've been around since the early days but like do you think there's any truth to this good for the youth um i think i can kind of see it i mean i imagine every kid now has a smartphone like i feel like when i was growing up smartphones were just becoming a thing when i was in like high school and like everyone was starting to get, i think i got my first smartphone like seventh or eighth grade and yeah i mean i could see people trying to like watch and school but like it's gonna be kind of hard you know like i'm thinking like a high schooler trying to watch during school it's gonna be hard i mean yeah college i think that makes sense but um yeah i mean i could see like a college student especially if like classes are online or people are doing online and it's going on at noon i could see that angle i think the harder part is just like they're, they're already gonna have so many conflicting options of what, what they could watch, right? Like, they could just be watching their favorite Valorant streamer, their favorite, like, I don't know, Fortnite streamer. So it's just, like, how do you get them to care about wanting to watch the LCS rather than whatever they're, like, playing, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like there's probably not that many... Not that many high schoolers playing League of Legends these days. So, yeah, I... Yeah, because I because I was really curious about it because I was watching a YouTube video. I can't remember who who it was, but I was talking about how like if the LCS fails, it's a very massive thing. But there was one G thing that G Bay really, probably yeah yeah I think it was G Bay. But the one thing that really stuck out how is he started talking about statistics for like the best times for like when to watch YouTube, when when Twitch is streaming, and other things like that. And a lot of it when you start to dig a little bit, like pretty quick Google searches, but it really correlates with exactly where they're switching their do you know why, though? I, I, I'm assuming that it's Europe. Yes. Because I'm assuming that it's mostly Europe. Yes. That's what actually... Like this, okay, here, I'm right. just going to... Let let me... I, I apologize. I'm going to just dive in here. There's no reason why you can't... Well, it's not like high schoolers and college students are unable to watch the broadcast if it starts at 5 p.m. or two, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. West Coast. In fact, they benefit just as much as older folks by later start times because they go to after school activities or they have I to looked it up 80% of 80% of high schoolers have an extracurricular according to this one website I found so pretty non-negligible amount yeah like I don't see how this benefits high schoolers or college students by having it earlier in the day it's not like they all have like night classes or something I think they are able to watch stuff at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 8 p.m. So I just don't buy the idea that this is an aimed attempt at trying to get a younger audience. And if it is, then it doesn't really make sense to me. And I also don't really see too much effort being put into making sure that this audience is aware of it. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time on TikTok. I don't see like ads rolling for to watch the LCS. I don't. Maybe all this stuff will come, but I don't see it. Maybe TikTok knows that I'm a boomer, so they're not going to target me. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't buy it, Pix. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anything that you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, no, I just, I mean, I guess I guess I really want to shout out Mark. Uh, I know you put in a lot of hustle these la this last, like, year. Your broadcasting this year was fantastic. Your analysis was fantastic. So I, I just wanted to say, like, it shows, and it's shown over the last year. Uh, obviously, the Grubhub what? and Alienware, but... 
What the fuck do you mean only over the last year? Dude, well, Mark, <laughs> Mark, your stuff has gotten way better recently, okay, man? Hey, you, you, uh, I'm I'm kidding, kidding, I'm it's just kidding, cool I'm to kidding. see you start giving a fuck, you know? I think that's it, it, what's been really cool. It, it's it's clearly shown, because you made a YouTube video, like, uh, I think a year ago or, like, 18 months ago about how you're, like, you didn't get hired from Riot. But, and, like, you, you can tell you put it in your hustle and you put in your work, and it showed, especially during the Worlds last year. You did fantastic. Thank you. You it. I yeah, absolutely killed it. So. Mark didn't know what was waiting for Dash when he made that video. Pix, thank you so much for the call. We'll catch absolutely. you. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, for sure. You guys have a great night. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Grubhub. Shout out Grubhub uh, for sponsoring Hotline League and so much of what we do here at TGI. They are fantastic callers. Have been calling in all night talking about their Grubhub orders. They've been fantastic. Uh, I just. Absolutely love the service. I used it a ton during the break. Ordered many fantastic things. I keep saying fantastic. I'm now just stuck on it. I know casters have this happen sometimes where they get stuck on a word. We're not going to use the word fantastic to describe them. We're going to say they're awesome. Uh, and I really appreciate all of you for promoting and sp- supporting them over the past, I don't know, year now that we've been working with them. So thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the content here, for sponsoring Hotline League. If you haven't signed up for Grubhub, now's a great time to do so. There's a link in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching the VOD. There's a link in the Twitch chat as well. They are awesome. So thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. Thank you to everybody who uses their service. Thank you to them for doing so much for us in 2022 and hoping to do more with them in 2023. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? we got a couple more people here to discuss things on the show. Thank you to Timmy Toolbox, Rovis, and Mars2030 for the subs. Very much appreciated. Uh, Director Donut says, Travis intentionally does Hotline League super late in the evening to get as little LEC viewers as possible. Yes, 100%. That is the strategy. By the way, guys, we meant to announce Hotline League is shifting to noon uh, to capture peak demographic. Oh, sick, guys. Nice. (sighs) All right, peer pressure, peer pressure, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. How do you feel about the time change? Well, um, I feel actually now that Mark's pulled me into this channel a bit nervous because I'm outing myself as a completely casual um, league consumer. You are calling into Hotline League. Inherently, you are not a casual. I, I, I'm a long time, um, hotline league watcher, but I never watch it live. I always catch it on YouTube after, which was made, what made me think of my take today. Okay. You're slightly more casual then. Well, yeah. Like I watch a lot of league content. I think one of the callers before said they're like chronically online. That's the same as me. And it's been many years since I played league myself. So all of my league consumption is league related content, but not playing myself. So that just, I'm outing myself more and more as I go on here, but that's fine. You can. I, 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 nobody needs to play League to. <laughs> I don't play. I play Aram and Wild Rift, and that's as close. And TFT, and that's as close as I get to League these days. Yeah. Well, I I I watch a lot of of um, the content on your channel, Travis, and because I'm a, a a wild catastrophizer and hypochondriac, when you start panicking about like these changes, I immediately started panicking too. Yes. But then I. That does not make you a wild. Uh, that does not make you. Overly cautious. Anytime I'm panicking, <laughs> everyone should be panicking. Well, I did. Um, but then I thought to myself, well, hang on. I virtually never consume any live league content anyway, and I haven't since I've been watching it um, 
back in back in 2015, I think I really started getting into it. And so that made me think, well, I never consume any live content anyway. And I know that you spoke in one of the recent Hotline League episodes about, or maybe it was actually one of your, your other videos about it being for a North American audience. And I do definitely appreciate that. But I think that there's, I think it actually could be a positive opportunity. And if one of the things that I know that I've heard a lot over the, the last couple of years in particular as a worry on this channel is that the dwindling viewership, isn't a time for a radical risk to maybe like pivot towards something that could appeal or work in a, in a better, different type of social media context, like YouTube videos. People aren't necessarily needing to watch them live. Does that mean the death of the league if they're watching it after, the, after it's occurred? So, you know, I really appreciate the take. I think it is a fair one because you're pointing out, hey, people don't need to watch it live. They can watch VOD. I don't have any data to support this. I will caveat that. I don't know if there is much data to support this. But I feel as though people are far less likely to watch VOD. Uh, I don't really, unfortunately, have a way to, to support that argument. But I feel like you are very unusual in the fact that you watch the VODs. And I think that a lot of people that are given, like if you give them the chance to watch something live or to watch VODs later, they'll just be like, eh. I don't really need to, or I'll go look at the Reddit thread, or I already got spoiled on Twitter, or whatever. So let me ask you why you watch VODs and what makes it exciting for you. Well, I guess, and to be honest, again, I'm probably outing myself here and Mark, please don't hate me. It's because I can skip through the crap I don't want to watch. I can skip over the teams. I I'm fucking knew it. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you I, know I who Mark is? Oh, you listen to Hotline League, but you probably don't know who yeah. some of the other uh, analyst desk people are. I, I do, but and especially in recent times, like I'm, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen Emily on some of the shows. I've seen her on some of the stuff when I, when I leave a vod to play, and they include some of the analyst stuff at the start or at the end of a, of a vod. I do watch it or I leave it on if I'm doing something else, but it lets me pick and choose. And I think, is there anything wrong with, if a team's vods get such low views because they're awful or they're not performing well, they're not like an exciting, an exciting thing to watch. Like surely that's then motivation for that team to be producing a better, you know, better stories about about their teams or about their players. Because like to be honest, I watch league and league content for the same reason I watch K dramas. I'm interested in the hype. I want like a cool story to watch, something that I can watch over time. I'm not, I'm not a fan of a specific team other than who's topical at the moment, who's got the most interesting story of that season, and I'm that that team's fan for that season or as long as they hold my attention. So like maybe I am an unusual viewer, but I think that's an it's the reason I continue to watch League many years after I stopped playing it is because I like those interest pieces and I like the hype and the competition and I get a better experience watching the bits I like and not trying to sit through six or seven hours worth of worth of live content. So I have a poll going right now about if people will watch an LCS VOD, so people are gonna watch or vote in that in the Twitch chat. But um, what did you say, Golden Glue? Yeah, Golden Glue, go ahead. I was just say like I mean I feel like the live experience is best for the most like dedicated fan but I think as the league community gets older it's like you have other responsibilities and you want to be able to watch on your schedule like maybe you don't have an hour at the end of the day it's not realistic to watch a 5 hour stream so yeah I mean I yeah. think I think that's a solid solid take and that, it also that, like, may it also may mean that the experience is like um, your finals, your 
quarterfinals, your semifinals, your finals, they become more prestigious and something more exciting to look forward to because you're not somebody that goes into a studio to watch the regular season. And like, I don't know, I obviously have never gone to a live experience in the LCS yet. I would love to someday, but I, I never have. Um, I do think watching the VODs of games that are really hype that have a live studio audience are excellent and they make the, the non-live viewing experience better as well. So there's a way to do it both, to do both things, I think. I just don't lose faith, Travis. I, I, you know, as a person who does only watch the VODs, never live, this has not ruined my league watching experience and I'm from Australia. So a couple, couple quick questions. When you're watching the VOD, do you enjoy having the audience there? Like, did yeah. it feel better to have them back? It definitely did. And I think the main reason for that is because it made the casters more, it made their experience better and therefore their performance, I guess, if you want to call it that, better as well. Would you be, like, are you concerned at all that the audience probably won't be there for this new time slot? I am. Um, and so I guess it'll, we'll have to see how that, how that does affect things. But I also like to, to give credit, I think that the casters did an incredible job through a pandemic that completely screwed with everybody. And I don't even know how you managed to find a shred of hype, um, in a, in a working from home context when your whole job is to try to like build hype around something that's a, an esports game. So, uh, they did a good job for that. I have I have confidence that they could figure out a way to do it in that kind of remote first context in the future. Yeah, Mark, you were going to say something. I think uh, I was going to say I think uh, there's no shame to anyone who watches vods of the LCS. You're still a true LCS fan, all that. Especially if you watch as much as you say you do. I think um, the concern is is less about like that and more how so much I think of sponsorships and these things seem driven by live viewership. Um, and how important that overall does seem to be. Um, like, like a lot of the pitch decks that I see or like whenever Riot talks about like Worlds 2022 had the most viewers ever. It was great. They're always talking about live viewers. They don't really talk about VOD viewers. So like um, I do feel like... the conversation change potentially? I, I think know. it matters for how you're selling them. Things work. Yeah, because those numbers are they're, they're cool for fans, but they're really for the people you're trying to get their money from. Um, and I think VOD views are a harder sell. They they might be, but I also wonder, and like some of the previous callers tonight made me wonder about this. Is and this is not a criticism. I think you know the best kinds of people to sell something to you are the people that believe in it. So people that are fans or are players or were players or coaches or whatever it may be, they're the best people to sell it to you. But also, I do wonder the quality of the marketing people, the social people, the media and publication people working at Riot, like, are they media and publication people first or are they players and fans first? Because being a hardcore fan or an ex-player does not make you a social media marketing promotions expert. And that's not your skill set. Like, Riot probably needs to get people in here who are aces in that field and they can learn the subject matter. I don't know. This seems just like it's a radical risk, but if the league viewership has been dwindling the last couple of years, maybe the time for radical risks is now. I've, so I've heard that a lot. And I saw even like Kelsey Moser tweeting about it. I think, I think, it, I think the, like Hello? the, no, no disrespect. I think that the time for radical risks is now situation is kind of like when Riot uses the phrase or the, use that line about like, you have to, you make 35,000 decisions in a day. So we want to take one away. 
you can kind of use it to justify any change, right? Like, guys, guess what? LCS is now going to be played underwater, and uh, we're going to put everybody in these bubbles because the if time for radical die, risk is out. Your head, you have to hold your breath until you respawn. Try not to die. <laughs> Stakes are higher. Well, well, actually, you know, Mark, that's actually not a bad. I might enjoy that more than boomers or zoomers, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I do think I do think it's hard for me to to go along with the like time for radical risks is now. I think time for radical risks that sound and feel sound. Uh, is a better, you know, assessment, right? So I think I think moving from Saturday and Sunday, where LCS has been every single year of its existence except for its very first year, to Thursday, Friday, I think that's a radical risk. And you know what? I think it's a fair idea. The idea of okay, well, we think our audience has changed, so maybe it's going to be fine. There's very little evidence that I have seen to support the idea that you're going to get more North American viewers at 12. So that does not feel like a radical idea. It just sounds like a bad idea to me. I think it is easy to conflate bad and radical in this situation. And um, I don't know. I mean, peer pressure, to your own point, like you're suggesting more North American viewers can watch VODs. Like why can't you try to grow, grow VOD viewership among global viewer, uh, viewers instead of North America, right? Like why does the strategy have to involve moving to a world where – the regional audience is are the ones that must watch on VOD versus trying to grow VOD viewership via global, you know? Oh, it definitely doesn't. And I, I we, at the risk of triggering you on what I know is a very sensitive subject for you, I think that they've done a really bad job of trying to explain why they're making these changes. It's like, not that really sensitive. Need... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thank you for, for the sensitivity. But yes, it's, I could agree with that. Like they they haven't explained why they're doing this. Like maybe somebody in the in the back office has thought this all through and given really like thoughtful consideration to all of this and just forgotten to fucking tell anybody. Excuse me, swearing. What on hotline? I, we swear on um, the show all the time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I would say that there there's no need to be. Uh, I don't know. I guess for me as a, my my whole take was just the live aspect of it is not the only thing that is going to drive the success or failure of the league in my, in my humble Australian other side of the world across the Pacific ocean opinion. Well, when the live viewership goes away, I'm going to have to tell you the VODs aren't <laughs> going to be still posted to the channel because they won't exist anymore. Uh, so that is perhaps where I panic comes from. Anyway, <laughs> I hope that's not true. Thank you so much peer pressure for the call. Anything uh, that you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, just shout out to Hotline League, to both of you guys and all the guests that you get on. Um, it really does sustain me. I look forward to the show every week. If mm -hmm. I was eligible for Grubhub and Alienware uh, codes, I hey. would use them. Um, I do have Alienware products, though, so shout out to them anyway. Yeah, I was going to say they have it there, um, so you should, be, you should be good. But thank you so much for calling in, and I do appreciate you said you normally uh, listen to the VOD, so I hope that you can maybe make more time to tune into the show live and, and call in again because I really appreciated the conversation. Thank you. Have yep. a nice night, you guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Uh, pretty interesting. Definitely made me think. I feel like, you know what we need? I feel like we need to we need to look at what RuneScape has done with old school RuneScape and how they've like kept an old game with a niche community alive for so long and honestly doing really well. Maybe we need to appeal to nostalgia. We're old like, school RuneScape now. That's what we're getting at. 
My voice wipers in the chat. No, dude, like actually, like actually, if you look at that game, I think it's extremely interesting. Like I, I, I have a passion for the game. I don't play it anymore, but yeah. I think it's like a very interesting game. And like the fact that I, mean, I think one of the biggest things that they did is that seventy five percent, like they basically didn't add anything into the game unless an in game poll. Seventy five percent of people had to vote yes. Um, I think just like. There's something, there's some crossover here between like the way that old school RuneScape was ran and like how League of Legends could be doing a better job. That I've, is all I'm saying. I feel like you just get suggested that Mark and I try getting life alert. Uh, that's that's the level of age gap. You're a I'm boomer, Travis. That's fine. You, you don't understand. I wonder if 75% of people would have said yes to this time change. Well, they're trying to gut, grow the audience, feeling? Mark. True. That's you can't you can't pull this audience. I'm gonna get the you're next caller. Yes. Okay. Go for it. Uh, M. Lewis, thank you for the prime. How you doing, Golden Glue? Dude, I'm doing great, Travis. I'm so grateful to be here. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Rudifer is here. Rudifer, our last caller of the night. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from North New Jersey. North New Jersey. Are you gonna go to summer finals? Uh, hoping, trying to get some people to go. That'll be that'll be a plan. Will you still be watching LCS by that time? Well, awkwardly enough, because I'm a high school teacher, it actually works in my benefit as well. Ah, here we go. We're targeting the high school demo. Uh, high school teacher demo. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show? So, uh, looking back at your John Needham interview, I remember him saying that he was giving a bunch of ex or. Oh, I was about to say excuses, but reasons as to during the time when the LCS change was leaked or the schedule change was leaked as to why they need to give news to breathe. Of course, with that being around the world, it totally makes sense. He said they had specific also, windows where they want to have conversations. And time to prepare, you know, their, their response to everything that's going on. Yes. And it's been two and a half months now. <laughs> and... It's just like the PR needs it just seems like utter shit. Like, and it, it's just weird because it feels like the LCS is the only one being affected by all of this. Like, am I wrong? I mean, I don't know enough about the other regions to say if their time changes are good or not. Obviously, it's like it doesn't seem like LEC is particularly upset about any changes that are happening and uh No, I don't think I don't think he means the changes themselves. Rudy, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mean more like the the news cycle because the LEC has put out and again, this might even not be a global thing. You might argue that this is like the LCS office being just worse than the LEC, but it feels like the LEC has covered their changes in a lot more depth. If, if that's what you meant, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking about the how they curate their news cycle and how they choose to release news. Um, but it seems like to to me, LCS has more of a uh, they're, they're following what John Needham was was saying, but we're shooting ourselves in the foot because of it. While LCK, LEC, LPL, they just get to do all of their own things. They get to decide when they want to release news, how they want to release news, and and it seems like they're all so much more better off because of it. I mean, I also think it, it's helped. They don't have as much controversy around them, right? And so 
I it is hard for me to speak to the communication challenges that they have or the successes they have because I don't think that they are in as dire of a situation as the LCS. But I would agree with the sentiment that like from a comms front, LCS looks worse than the other regions from what we can tell. Again, I'm not part of like the LCK audience or uh, LPL audience. I know people were angry about certain things over there at points in time, but um, it certainly feels that way from here. Uh, but to get to your initial point, which was about the John Needham interview, yes, 5,000% yes. When I interview John on Wednesday, assuming all that goes through, you can bet your ass I'm going to be like, so when I interviewed you two months ago, you said that you had specific windows that you like to talk about things in, and that's why you couldn't address this. And apparently that specific window was less than 48 hours before your holiday break. Like, it, it, <laughs> is, it is going to be... It is it is a very easy layup uh, that he has put himself in, where he's like, "No, no, it's okay. We have a comm strategy," and then I'm gonna be like, "But this is the comm strategy." Like it's it's um, it is very confusing. I don't understand it. Man, like, the LEC video was so good. I remember watching the LEC video like months ago about like the format changes. I'm like, "Wow, this is." So Which one? Like I was actually there was a they were just announcing the the new format of like how they're gonna run their season. Oh, for twenty twenty three. Yeah, they walked you through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're doing like. Lit. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean I was just say it was just a very clear uh, explanation because it was a kind of complicated change and like, bro, like why doesn't Dash get a video? You know, of like explaining like, well, actually we're going in this different direction and Dash is still gonna be around instead of just dropping like a a post. Yes. Like. You know, I mean, like I you, know. they, you saw what they did for the the new season stuff that they put out today. Like on obviously not esports, but they did these really nice videos with like the League of Legends design team talking about a bunch of different things, their strategies and announcements and all that stuff. Having something like that come out at the same time as this post would be helpful. I don't think it would change the fact that people are going to be pissed about the noon stuff, but it is to your point, Rudifer. It's like really difficult to take the whole oh we communicate things you know at these specific windows very strategically and then you see something like this and you're like uh, do you is it that seems not true i i also had a f sorry go ahead that's the thing that confuses me because perceptually why can't the lcs do the same thing the lck released a format video the lec released a format video it seems like we have to wait for other things to happen. Like Riot Gameplay has to release their video. We have to wait for the kickoff event tomorrow to happen to say anything. Like I get our season starts a week later than everyone else, but like, do we have to wait until then to hear something about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just thinking about like Riot, you know, like, I've been talking, like reminiscing with my friends about like old school ride days, like 2010 to 2013-ish, like when the league forms were a very popular, like people didn't even go on league subreddit, it was the league forms. And like all of the Riot videos and all the Riot content at the beginning was just like, we're not like the other gaming companies, like we're all about like communication with our, uh, with our community and like so community based and there's all these like art spotlights and all these things that were so cool. 
it's so funny how like it's just i mean maybe from a gameplay perspective they're still doing a good job of that to be fair but like just when it comes to this aspect you know like this is something that riot was so good at um i mean even I see people talking about lock-in in the chat. Like that's a great example where they didn't even address lock-in disappearing. And again, if you did a, one of these videos, I think it's I I like lock-in conceptually. I think it's the easiest thing in the world to explain why lock-in isn't happening. You literally just say we had to run this event last year with a bunch of fake rosters. Like it just doesn't fit in the schedule as well as we would like it to. We'd rather have more time to get ready for the start of the year and for Elsius to kick off on a good note it could be 15 seconds in a video but because it doesn't it's just sort of like uh okay so this like thing that you were doing is just gone now why what's happening like it's just <laughs> oh very my weird. god dude even in twitch chat right now t- like almost back-to-back messages wait what there's no lock-in this year yeah dude, even, <laughs> like, just right now people are getting the news broke dude like i don't know i feel like there just needs to be like some trusted person who's been in the league scene for so long kind of like a like a papa smithy or like a dash something like that who is just like riot just gets these guys to go and like in a video in a th- like two to five minute video explain what the fuck is going on you know i like, think just i'm right there with you i think every single time they make an unpopular decision they should put mark zimmerman in front of the camera with a script and make him read it word for word no, we, no. Th- we think we here at Riot Games believe that 12 o'clock on <laughs> Thursday is the best time. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you at 12 o'clock. That's what they should do. They should. Mark Zimmerman's a very trusted person. Why don't they do that? You know what? At this point, I, I'll, I'll do it. Just get get anything out there. <laughs> you know? I, Mark you get, will you get die on that cross. It's, it's like the YouTuber apology video. Anytime there's unpopular news or like one of them has to say sorry, they bring their dog out. You know? Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, no. We pissed Mark's the gonna community be, off again. It's going to be Mark Mark's and his fucking like cat. Uh, the Dark Knight, saving the city, the men we don't deserve, just yeah. going on and saying, uh, <laughs> sacrificing himself. I mean, I think I think Rudy has done a good, made a good point though about like comparing it to the other regions. Like I don't, I I don't know the Chinese forums and like what what their communication has been for anything that's going on the LPL. I don't know, but like just looking across the pond at the LEC, there's been so much more. And like I just looked at their social media page, Travis, because we talk about the LCS's tweets, and yeah, there's just just memes, information, things going on. And like it's always harder to be talkative during a, a, a hard stretch, you know. Like it, no one wants a meme tweet from the LCS right now, so I get why those aren't there. But at the same time, you can't like get out of this period until you do something about it. Um, and so like. It, it kind of compounds like the, the more you put it off, the more there is to address. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to with your video on Wednesday, Travis is like, it's not like you're just now covering the time chains or the like lock in being dead or like dash. It's all of it now because none of it has been addressed yet. So like you, you have this like compounding that goes on and like where, why social has been so quiet, you know, like just all of it just. Yeah. Builds on top no, of I mean, it's, it's weird because it's going to be, I, I know that I will get grief in that video because I have an hour with them, which is, I think, a pretty long time to be able to dive into topics. It still won't be enough to cover every single thing that should be covered, right? Like, where's lock-in? Like, where's the communication around, I don't know, different millions? How are you going to get people into the audience to sit in? Like, isn't that going to be an issue? Valorant versus League? Like, the, the list is fucking endless. And, um, and it's just, 
Yeah. To your point, they've let it pile up a lot. So I think it's fair. Uh, all right. Rudifer, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Uh, shout out to all your sponsors and uh, wishing you luck with everything in 2023. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to need it. All right. Uh, Travis, let's is see. Is it going to be live or is it going to be recorded? I'm going to record it. We were trying well, initially. Initially, we, experience. I don't know. I initially, we were trying to do it on Hotline League, but it was just really hard to coordinate uh, schedules to make it happen. And it was either like wait until next week to do it on Hotline League or try to get this stuff <laughs> out sooner. And I feel like even with the time that we're doing it, it's unideal, but it's just tough. Um, somebody says, ask them if they're available at 11 a.m. Very good point. Very good point. Second uh, monitor interview. Yes, exactly. Uh, Blue Jay says, do you expect Hotline League to continue on Mondays? Yes, uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't think Mark and I have any plans to change it. I mean, the the way to do, if we were going to shift it, the ideal would, way to shift it would be to do it on like Saturday or Friday night, which feels really bad. So I think we'll keep trying to do it on Monday and see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, my weekend, my, my days are getting like more compacted. It's going to be weird, um, but I don't think I need to change Hotline League. But if it does need to change, it's going to be because my schedule just gets fucked. And it, it won't. And it won't need to change. Uh, it won't. It won't. Here's here like here's the funny thing, which I haven't said in any content. These changes, as, assuming LCS doesn't die and I don't lose my job and everything doesn't come crashing down, these changes are phenomenal for me. I now I went from for a decade I did not have weekends, and I'm going to blame that um, for why I am single at this moment. But uh, having Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday is going to be incredible. And uh, I'm done with work on Thursdays and Fridays by like five or six. So if anyone should be the target audience for these changes, it's me. Ladies of Los Angeles, beware. Travis Gafford's on the prowl. No, get, install Tinder. Everyone get back on there, Travis. M might be swiping right on you. Is Not the point of this discussion. Remember. The point of the discussion was... That the time is going to be great. I'll actually have weekends. I can go on trips. I can do things with people. It's, uh, it's a mixed bag for me because I had Friday off, which was really nice for Ashley and I because she had Friday off. And so, like, we could go watch matinee movies and not have it be terrible. Um, but now, Saturday, Sunday, it's more it's more days off at the same time because she has Saturday, Sunday off. But, like, it's also less – there's more people with their time off. I really like not having other people around. Golden Lovely. Glue, how's the time change I mean, work for all you? My Are you excited? Off. All yeah. my time's off, guys. I'm not, <laughs> uh, every single day right now, is, it's, it's great. It's honestly, not gonna lie, guys, it's fucking fantastic. Like, this is the first time in a decade where I'm just like, yeah, I'm going like snowboarding next week. I'm going surfing there. I'm just like, man, what are things that I would like, like to do as a young person? Um, and I'm just going to do them instead of like um, practicing 15 hours a day. So like right now, life is, life is fucking good. Well, at least if LCS dies, I have that to look forward to for a while. All right. Uh, that is the show, everybody. Mark, what do you want to shout out? Uh, shout out the broadcast team. We're still putting 100% in. Uh, we have a show coming tomorrow. Like I said, it is not reflective of what the LCS will look like in 2023. Uh, I only say that because I know a lot of people are like, what will it look like with no consistent host? Um, and... 
tomorrow's broadcast is just a for fun thing to show off the new season. It's Zoomers versus Boomers. It's just going to be more like a lounge cast or like a stream cast than it is like official LCS stuff. So don't look too much into trying to figure out what the, the broadcast will look like uh, based off that. Just throwing that out there so people don't get the wrong idea. But I'm Gold, looking forward to doing it. Golden it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Um, thanks for having me on, Travis. Uh, Travis and Mark. Um, I guess just, you know, shout out to all my <clears throat> fans who support me. I think I've seen a lot of, like, positive things in the chat today. And just, like, overall, even with my t- t- um, my medium post about taking time off i feel like i received a lot of support so i appreciate that and um i still plan on being connected to the lcs i'll still be watching i won't be as like intensely connected as i was in previous seasons because i'm trying to just like have more time for myself but yeah i mean hopefully i will see you guys around soon and really appreciate um honestly last ticket of my life you know being a whole pro gamer doing the coaching thing so you know i think i'll be coming back to it most likely but um you know, even if I don't, shit was fun. Will it be here when you c- try to come back to it, Golden Glue? That's, of dude, honestly, it it's exciting. It's exciting to see. Well, I hope so. <laughs> That's, what a great, what a great TikTok sound. Uh, I thank, thank you to Golden Glue for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I appreciate it a lot. R- really do appreciate having you on. It is hard to book people around. It is a weird... Catch-22, where it's hard to book people during the season because everybody's busy with season and they don't want to come on. But then during these breaks, they're like either busy preparing for the season or they don't want to do any kind of thing that feels remotely like work. So I do really appreciate you taking the time to come on. It was nice. Uh, Mark will have a really great episode of The Blame Game coming out soon uh, this week around stuff that Travis knows my topic better than I do that, that he doesn't really know about, but I know about and will become clear soon. Um, and then for me, anybody knows any good, uh, hookups on magic, the gathering cards, that would be great. Cause I've started playing magic or I've been playing it and we're doing drafts now and uh, shit's expensive. going to play Dominaria remastered soon. Either way. Thanks everybody for watching. Really appreciate it. We're back 2023. We'll see you next week talking about uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Goodbye.